give me a kiss to build a dream on And my imagination will thrive upon that kiss Ooh, sweetheart, I ask no more than this A kiss to build a dream on Hello friends, welcome ladies, gentlemen, and NBs to another episode of Watery Desho's Second Stream, where we talk about decadence, not the societal or individual state of being, <laughs> but deca-dense, or as it becomes uh, in this show, kabu-dense. Uh, this wonderful summer anime from the creators behind Mob Psycho 100 that has been a largely a delight this season. Uh, we've had a lot of great things to say about it. Will we continue to have great things to say about it as we talk about the ending? Stay tuned and find out. Thank you, Catherine. Yes, I... I got uh, a pretty significant trim. Yeah. Uh, I got a haircut too, by the way, um, but unfortunately it happened several years ago. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-bum. Oh, I'm on fire already. I'm on fire already. That's it. That's it. I've, I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on my way. Very good. Uh, greetings, everyone in chat. Um, I think uh, we've once again had to, you know, let me pull back the curtain a little bit and to say we've had uh, continue... Uh, to have our technical deal, technical difficulties with YouTube. Uh, so the stream popped up for just a few minutes uh, publicly. Um, when it is, <laughs> so if you managed to get in, uh, fair dues to you. Um, uh, you know, I, I dodged, I dodged like, you know, security a concert once. It's fine. It's fine. It's just rock and roll. It's cool. You know, we, we hope to get all this for the patrons benefit straightened out uh, in the coming weeks. Our, uh, not only YouTube, but Restream, what we used to push out our streams, have, have undergone some changes in how they talk to each other. And despite reading the literature uh, and the blog, <clears throat> pardon me, and the tutorials, I have yet to get it to work. Well, I heard they all end up uh, just... Look- I'm convinced it's not my fault, but it is in I, fact... I, I just heard they end up looking like a IKEA self-assembly instructions, so they were completely un- unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It is very much that. Um, this is this isn't the instructions look, for restream. This is just how I assemble a Billy bookshelf. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's just, what is this? Like, was this translated from Korean through Google? I, I don't understand. Um, what was that? Uh, was that your microphone or Vergalia's? Where on one of the first podcasts, she read the instruction. That was yours, wasn't some, it? It was something. Where you like read that. the instruction manual? <laughs> it's <was> just nonsense. <laughs> just incredible. Oh yes, you're right. Uh, God, I, I'm sorry, when you said instruction manual, I thought you were referring to an Ikea thing. But no, this is my old microphone that was like... Right. The... Oh my God, it was like... So it said something like, excellent for the making of the music, or something like that. And <laughs> Yes. And I'm, I'm like... Oh, so good. I, I want to believe that it was just written by the janitor while he was incredibly drunk. Like, like yeah. he like in a good way, like, he just got... He got it all written out, and he hit spell check... <laughs> And uh, no, spell check isn't perfect, but it did. It was good enough. And then he, like, you know, got even more drunk. Anyway, anyway, 
Oh. This, you can never un- underestimate the importance of good translation slash localization for your international products. Yep. Um, speaking of imperfect. Oh. <laughs> these fucking glasses. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about decadence. I thought you were going to talk about decadence then. No, 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 no. no. I mean. But are you wrong well, though? Um, <clears throat> I, no, you're not wrong about it being imperfect. I, I wouldn't call it a perfect show. Uh. But to just show a bit of leg here uh, when it comes to my opinions, uh, I think it, it ended strongly enough. I'm, I'm fairly satisfied. Oh, uh, do I? On the whole, on the whole, right? I mean, yeah. being the generous grader that I am, I think it gets a lot of credit for what it does right for me. But we'll talk about where we think it missteps. Yeah, I'll um, I'll show my leg as well, you know, like we're going to be a cabaret act at this rate if we're going to keep doing this. But I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> I'll get my opinion out there. So make no mistake, the big, like, gold standard yardstick for this entire year has been Keep Your Hands Off Izoken, which we've covered. And I think you and I agree, Doc, it's probably one of the best things we've ever seen. It's in my top five of all time, handily. No. Woo. Yeah. Wow. I haven't thought about that honestly. Where yeah, it ranks. Yeah, but it, um, but it's certainly. I think you would agree one of the best things we've ever seen, and undoubtedly, uh, the best thing we've seen all year, at least up until the conclusion of this season, where we were going to debate whether or not decadence was going to dethrone it. Because I was of the opinion, and you might note my uh, excessive use of the past tense here, if you're being attentive, I was of the opinion that it could very well do it. It could go beyond the Isoken, you know. Plus ultra, <laughs> yeah, it could go. It could go plus ultra, um, and I'm I'm sorry, but it didn't in the end. It was Ooh. that close. It was that close to doing mm. it. It's it stuck the landing. That's my often used metaphor. But the the landing was a bit wobbly, and you know something fell out of the old red mm. locker on the way down. Mm. That kind of thing. But but. F- Make no mistake, this is still a phenomenal show. And I, you know what? I'm going to be complimentary by invoking Izoken in this sense because Izoken was a. Oh, yeah. Because Izoken was a celebration of the creation of anime, warts and all, admittedly, and of, you know, the power of imagination, how one can translate that into entertainment and art. But the thing is, like, I think that Decadence is the exact kind of anime. That could only be created if you had that spirit that you saw in Izoken. In fact, call me crazy, here's my wicked headcanon. What if I told you that Decadence was the original anime produced by the Izoken team oh. in season two? <laughs> you can totally see it. I can believe it. Yeah, sure. That's it. Sure. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it feels like, you know, Izoken was like, look at all these things we create. And then Decadence is, funnily enough, the parallel thing that says, look at what we did create, if you follow my meaning. It's still an exceptionally yeah. brilliant show, and I honestly totally. doubt we will see anything in the fall that will come even closer. Like, it's it's just unfortunate. Like, you had to be released. It's like I said, even when we covered Isoken, anyone who releases anything this year, like you know, I, I mean, first off, I'm so sorry because 2020 sucks. But secondly, um, you know, you've got to go up against that standard, and that's awful. That's just unfortunate, you know. That's that's yeah. that's yeah. That's like saying you know you're gonna you know you and your little indie band are gonna go and play at a concert and then oh <laughs> oh I'm sorry but wouldn't you know the Rolling Stones have just turned up and I'm like they just performed <laughs> and you have to follow them yeah thanks a bunch for that um, 
But yeah, phenomenal show, and I will go into a lot of its virtues before the end of this podcast, along with my criticisms of the last two episodes, which are, in my opinion, the weakest of the run, with a little bit of that also falling on the shoulders of episode 10. But weakest yeah, is a relative I, I think term. I can... Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. I think I agree with the last thing you said, that the last two are probably, in relative terms, the weakest. Um, I, although, I mean, yeah, it's it's really, really hard to measure up to the quality of especially the first half of this show. Um, I mean, it just kept getting better and better. So, you know, a, a drop in quality from that is something that still is a, a fairly solid, if not outright, yeah. just good if you, if, piece of anime. Yeah, if you go from a 10 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10, that's still a 9 out of 10, let's be fair here. And just to yeah. put it again on the table, like if the show had maintained that level of quality all the way throughout, including these last two episodes where it floundered a bit, in my opinion, then I 100% would have given it my AO- AOTY. It would have been Izokan. No question, no debate in my mind. That's why I felt so convinced it could do it because it had so consistently met that standard and then just... And the thing yeah. is, I have to say, and this is me being again an arrogant prick, so I apologize, but I think they could have done things differently to push it over that line. Um, even within the confines of the events that we get, and that's not me saying like there needs to be such a radical redo of the way things turned out, but I think they could have just done a couple of things differently. And there's some things they actively did that like really kind of bothered me a little bit. Plus, as a broader comment, um, I will say this. The opening two episodes of Decadence, like, it sets you up with this, it's going to be like a standard mecha show kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, we've got your Attack on Titan people, like, flying around, you know, with these crazy, like, devices. And then, oh, snap, episode two happens and suddenly your head explodes from the revelation that, oh, it's actually just all a video game being played by cyborgs and the humans are literally NPCs. That's what they asked them, really. And then after that point, we get all of our anti-capitalist stuff. We get all of our stuff about the prison industrial complex. We get things about like narratives, all the stuff we discussed before. But the problem with the last two episodes is that they actually become the very thing that people thought it was going to be at the start of the show, which is just another, you know, attack on Titan. We fight a big bad guy. It's the end of the story kind of thing. And I'm like, it's not quite that bad. It's not quite that plain. Mm -hmm. But it feels to me like they kind of, you know, unfortunately became the very thing that they jokingly pretended they were going to be in the beginning. Which, yeah. Anyway, we're going to discuss that because we do have a certain order to this. We have a certain order to this thing. We do. Well, listen, no. (laughs) We do. But I feel like I have to um, quickly uh, respond and uh, to just get my own thing out there because we're both vain and both appreciate getting our own opinions out there. Welcome um, to a podcast run by two. I know. By, yes, two, we... by two white men, you know, two wankers. <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm the wanker. Right, I apologize. Both... When I say two wankers, I'm like, it's all on me. You know. No, no. I listen. I listen. It's not an unfair description of me either. So, uh, but regard regarding the ending, I mean, look, uh, I think they felt rightfully that they needed to get everyone involved, and. You know, they just kind of took, I don't want to be like this to sound churlish and say like they took the easy way out, but like they took a a very straightforward approach to bringing everyone together and giving them something, something to do, you know, some of it 
more important, some of them less important, like roles to play in the final uh, in the final conflict. And I, I think that instinct is right, you know, to want to do that for your characters. Um, but I understand where you are coming from um, with your kind of like, eh, like this could have been like maybe more interesting, original or elegant. I, I do think they do the big monster fight in a way that uh, we'll talk about this in more detail, but mm-hmm. I, I think that they, um, they m- did a couple crucial things in episode 11 to make the existence of this giant monster um, actually work for the larger themes that they were going for in the preceding mm-hmm. stuff of the show. It doesn't cut against it the way that we really feared that it might when we talked about episode 10. Yes. Um, so in that, I thought they succeeded. Um, but we'll, t- and then yeah, I imagine we both have a lot to say about the ending. Um, so why don't we, like you said, well, we'll get to patron questions yep. and I will turn down the volume of my windows sounds. <laughs> So that they won't come through the, fair, <laughs> the podcasting. Fair enough. They're supposed to be muted. Why are they not? If if if, hmm. if your PC starts playing Dispatch or some nonsense like that, I'm gonna have words with you, right? I know. Just, just you should you deservedly so. Just just saying. All right. So just as a reminder for people who are coming into this format late, I mean, I don't know why you're like coming in like two episodes before the end of like our decades discussion if it's gone free to air. But hey, fair play to you if you are. Uh, this is our second stream format, so there is no plot recap except where appropriate as context for our talking points. So if I say this person, you know, this was really deeply thematic, and I don't explain why or what's going on, you're gonna have no clue what I'm talking about. So. I will, of course, chuck that in there. And that will also mean some reference to previous plot points and things we may have already discussed on the podcast. Uh, Doc's already alluded to some stuff with the Omega Gaddle, uh, which, you know, mm-hmm. great great final boss name. It's always got to have Omega in front of it. Right, of course. You know, or maybe something holy like Seraphim, but that's not the style of the show. Uh, but, of course, we do have patron questions first. And you might yourself, well, what's a patron? And, I'm think- and my answer to that would be you, if you subscribe for $3 or more. Uh, or rather, you can subscribe to $2 more, but to also ask questions as we go um, on our second stream format, get yourself to patreon.com forward slash show. You know, give us your bank details, your PayPal, whatever you want to use. We might even potentially accept Ethereum if you want to throw that rubbish our way. No, I'm kidding. Of course, we don't do that. You know. Um, we, ex- we all accept your, uh, oh, what's the green juice? Oxone, Oxio. send your Oxone through the internet. You, you, you do realize, Doc, that someone's just going to literally pour Mountain Dew through that window behind you. That's all I'm convinced Oxone hey, really is. I'll take it. And it would actually fit with the actual show if it turned out it was, it's just corporate exploitation. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that would be good. I mean, God, Mountain Dew, like last time I had that in America, I saw so wow, this is literally paint stripper. That's all it is. You don't like it? <laughs> it, it? It just felt very chemically to me. But then again, I come from mm-hmm. you know I come from a part of the world where there's a lot of standards on food, which we have decided we don't want anymore. But I'll leave that discussion for a different time. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, I I can do as as astute observers uh, have probably noticed. I I fancy a diet Mountain Dew on occasion. I've drunk a few while doing this podcast, but only because the diet Pepsi. In the machine downstairs is out. So I am pushed, I am forced 
uh, to to turn to the Diet Mountain Dew. Wouldn't be my what? first choice, but it's an acceptable diet soda. Di- diet opinion. Mountain Dew. Why don't you just call it Hill Dew? You know, because it's clearly not as good. It's not got the. Fl- it's not as impressive. <laughs> oh. Oh, Hill, dude. I was like, what? Why? And then it hit me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Patreon right. questions. Uh, we have a couple this week Mound. from two people. Uh, the first of which comes from Kate Rose. And I'm actually going to go through both these blocks of questions simultaneously because I think there's a bit of overlap. And therefore, I imagine we'd probably end up covering them all at once. So um, the first one is, were you satisfied with the ending? Why or why not? Uh, boy. For me specifically, uh, Kate asks, what would have made this your anime of the year? And then we have questions coming in from Gogo Toy Robot, who says, um, "Me, I mentioned on Twitter uh, a hypothetical second series. Can you talk a little about what you'd want to see?" Um, so I'm bringing all these questions together because talking about one of them would inevitably bring up the other. Like, what would have made this my anime of the year would also lead into my hypothetical second series discussion. And also, were you satisfied with the ending? Why or why not? Um, do you want to field this one first or not, Doc? Because I feel like I, I don't want to come down so hard on this show already, but the more I thought about the ending since I watched it yesterday, the less happy I was with it for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, this is probably where I'm like the least enthusiastic about the show was kind of how they wrapped it up post the monster fight. Because um, everything... Uh, like involving how they defeated Omega. Um, I kind of liked it. I was, I was good with it. I thought, Oh, even at the last minute, they're still kind of putting puzzle pieces together as far as like the big picture of how, um, different societal movements can fit together, how different thing, uh, you know, echoes of the past, even if they fail, uh, to bring success at the time can like mm-hmm. be a foundation for future revolution, all that sort of stuff. I was like, this is really neat. Um, and then um, after that, I thought that they really sped walk through a lot of the important details um, that, I mean, it's, it's hard because, you know, you only have a certain amount of time, but you know how much time you have and you have to budget accordingly and I felt like the show had been really, really solid on uh, its attention to detail and not kind of leaving loose threads up to this point. And yeah, I just felt like, I don't know, everything kind of came together really, you know, perfectly. Um, and I just kind of was wondering, like, well, what about this? What about that? Like, I don't know, for example, why did the the countdown to extinction stop when the Gadol was defeated? Like, why was it tied to the existence of Omega and not just like an order that the system sort of uh, committed? You know, it's it's just like, okay, I'm going to execute this because all this is a problem. Like, why why is the the elimination of Omega? Like, that's only part of the problem. Like, surely it considers the rest of it, you know, decadence as it is now, still an issue. Like, I don't really, I wasn't really clear on how that, you know, overcame everything. Um, Maybe I just didn't understand the sort of, like, gravity of what Kaburagi was doing, talking to, like, the core, you know, gaining administrative power. But, like, Mm -hmm. it sure didn't seem like uh, 
he was like eliminating it because the system was very much like see you later fuck you you're <laughs> not gonna change anything <laughs> and lo and behold and they like, really it, they kind of didn't to be honest they didn't really say anything and like you know and it just went away and then three years later you know they've constructed you know we get to miss out on the construction of the society of um yeah. kind of the reformation of it with like yeah the two races living together yeah. and the gad all living as as pets and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then and then the one thing that i thought um was really annoying honestly <laughs> was uh that Jill forgot that she had a data backup of Kaburagi. <laughs> I feel like, and so yeah. Well, I don't think she forgot. Actually, I think what happened was she gets that little like uh, PDA given back to her by uh, Minato. I found it three years later, and that is in itself like, okay, how the fuck did it take you that long to find it? Whatever. Oh, but, is that? But is I think that it, what I happened. Think, I, I missed I, that detail. I, okay. I think it was on stored on that, and that's when she was like, mm-hmm. she was because she was going through all the files. I was like, wait, what's this? Um. Okay, uh, I... right. Let me try. Let me try and say this stuff because there's a lot to talk about here. I think. Oh that... wait, hang on. Oh, well, no. I still have. I still have one more detail keep, keep it, to, to keep point out about this. Keep it coming. Um, because so so whether or not the little Dragon Ball radar was, you know, given back to her then or th- whatever. Either way, she still forgot that she had this backup of Kaburagi because. You know, Minato was like, hey, what's this red folder? She's like, oh, when I did the upgrade of Kaburagi, that's when I bet. Holy shit. And then, you know, she remembers and then she restores him. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why they they restored him. Go on. I'm going to tell you why. (sighs) Because it's three years later and now Natsume is old enough to legally fuck. That's it. That's what happened. End of story. Dojinshi. Go forth into the world and be. I'm, tell, I'm just saying that's like, that's it. That's the, the the little sister thing. Come home to roost. <laughs> now they will live happily ever after. Uh, I'll so, but but he'll be an avatar. <laughs> he'll be an avatar though. Like, what happened to his like cyborg body? Oh, oh, my my system's failing now as well. It's just the one that's in my head I'm trying to comprehend that. <laughs> All right, okay. Where do I even begin? Um, I'm gonna get the biggest complaint out of the way right now. Like the big, like wide scope thing. I'm not even gonna talk about anything related to Kaburagi just yet. Okay. Basically, they don't end up really changing anything. Okay, yes, uh, there are, like, some changes, like the fact that the tankers are now not actually fighting the Gaddle and therefore not dying. But I don't mean to put this lightly, you literally still have people shoveling shit. Because we see Faye, you remember her doing that? She's shoveling yeah. green Gaddle shit. Uh, and, okay, yes, the robots are now getting in on it. You know, it's a non-violent form uh, of what they you know, what doing. But the system's still exploiting them. You know, they still don't really know the whole truth of it. You know, why are they doing this? It, like, this is the problem with this three-year skip. It completely dodges what I think is would have been an incredibly interesting thing for the show to look at. And I was almost convinced it was going to do in episode 11, uh, by which I should probably explain. In episode 11, Natsume actually finally sees the robots in their regular robot form for the first time. There's that scene in which she meets Jill and the others, and she goes, hey, you're cute. 
like <laughs> which know. is awesome yeah that, i love, I love this scene it's a great scene like where she basically starts acting as an ambassador of tankers to these people who are otherwise would never see her in real life she's bridging the gap between these two races and I actually thought they were really going into this because bear in mind, Natsume herself is kind of a cyborg in her own right with her robot hand, which is the one she reaches out with. She is a literal, like, bridge between these two groups of people hmm. in that sense. And that, by the way, was me thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe the robot hand isn't literally just for the theme of they could give us something better that never did, which was still valid by her. That's not me complaining. That was good enough in its own right. But they took it a step further here. But then we get three years later, and so... The next step in the challenge that Spears got to face was telling the rest of like the tankers and the regular human people the truth. And how do they deal with the truth? Doesn't matter, we skipped it. Wizards did it, whatever, who cares? And I'm like, look, I'm not expecting the final episode to do that. That is a monumentally complicated thing and it deserves a full season's worth of exploration. Because you'll have people a lot like... What was his name in the prison? Why can't I not remember his Donatello? name? Donatello? Not Donatello. Not Sarkozy. Sarkozy? No, the one, the one who... Oh, Turkey! Turkey, yeah. yeah. You'll have people like Turkey <laughs> for whom the truth will be too much for them to handle. Mm-hmm. They would yeah. rather live in the illusion that they had where they were literally going to die any given day by being murdered by Gadol than, you know, the truth that they are now free from that threat but they're no longer living in the world that they once knew. They've been lied to all this time. That would have been fascinating to go through an entire season. So that covers my answer to um, go with Rose's question of what my theoretical second season would have been. It would have been Natsume leading the charge now as person who has to basically like integrate these two races together, tell the humans, her fellow humans, the truth, and try and rebuild society. When she was giving the tour, was she giving the tour to cyborgs? I didn't see. I was taking notes. The tour? What tour? Remember, uh, like, uh, at the oh, very end, she's driving her Jeep that says, I'm, like, not so many I'm tours ni- or whatever. I'm 99% certain it was just regular people. Okay, that's, yeah, fair enough. But, yeah, that to me, like, was what I wanted them to do next. That in itself is a huge thing that could have taken a whole season's cover. And, and the thing is, like I said before about Decadence, like, you know, it presents itself as an action show, but really it's got more to it than that. You could have still had action in that. You know, you could have had fights between... In fact, never mind that. We see a fight between Donatello and Kuranai. So you could have had fights between the robots mm-hmm. and things to, like, give yourself the action flavor, you know, the sprinkling of spices and whatnot on top to keep it interesting. But we didn't get that. We got basically, oh, the system persists. People are still being exploited. Nothing's really changed. Just a different flavor of it. It literally is, as the core said... What you do does not matter. Now, I think maybe the show is intentional in this because it wants to say that even if you can't change anything, you should still try. You know, go to your limits within a system. But I'm sorry to say, I find that notion very depressing in the world that we currently live in right now, where the media literally pulls... I've restrained... I felt, like, reticent to make this joke, but I'm sorry to say, like, it feels like we got the Joe Biden ending... Things won't fucking change. Fuck you. <laughs> you know? Well, I I don't know. I, I strongly disagree with that reading of it myself. I mean, I think the show respects its audience. Uh, you know, I think that that much is pretty clear. 
Mm-hmm. And given given everything that has been like laid out, I think that there are certain conclusions we can draw based on the time skip and based on what we're presented with. Um, you know, that like if uh, the system that's running the Yamato uh, goes away and Minato is now against the system and like you have all these cyborgs on the surface and you have Natsume who knows the truth. I mean, if they're living together side by side, cyborgs, not not the avatars, but like the actual cyborgs and the people, I think it's pretty like safe to assume that everybody understands uh, what's what's happening. Um, yes. I think Min- Minato. So, so the noble eye has been exposed. Right. And you have Minato as like the administrator of this new system of government. I mean, societies, you know, I mean, unless you're like a big anarchist and even if you are an anarchist, like, I don't know. I feel like that there's some, you need some kind of leadership, some kind of administration to handle the problems of an urban environment like that. Um, especially when you're bringing together these two cultures. So the fact that some people are still shoveling Gadol shit, I mean, that, like I think uh, Cesar said in chat, I mean, that's still a job that needs to be done. I do... It would have been interesting if they had a human in space on the big ship in, you know, the government, like an actual I'm sorry, human. I'm sorry, I just, I just imagine Natsume's space, like, as she's just trying to figure out how it works. Natsume would never. She's in a little space suit, and then, like, you know, you've got Minas saying, hey, wasn't she meant to be, like, five minutes ago? And he's, like, in front of this window, and she just flies past it, struggling to figure out how to <laughs> make it work. Oh, so funny. That, that would be great. Like, I think, yeah, if I could, you know... A little bit more mixing together of the two with the jobs. I mean, couldn't have gone amiss, but... And shoveling the gat all dung, now that the cat is out of the bag in terms of what it is and how it is important to the cyborgs, I mean, could be, for all we know, be be treated as a much more important job. I mean, it's still nasty looking and, you know, everything, but... uh. I don't think I don't think any you know this sort of same kind of exploitation exists uh, that happened in the show. Certainly, the cyborgs are no longer being exploited, and it doesn't appear to me like on the surface that the humans are still being exploited. I don't think that we have to draw that conclusion. Um, now, does it preclude other forms of exploitation? And is this a sort of perfect form of government? Absolutely not. You know what I mean. Um, bad things could still happen. Uh, there's still a lot of potential for season two. Um, but so, so my issues are like that we kind of didn't, I, I would have loved to see like you well, well, more, well, if I may just clarify more detail on my... how we, how yeah. we got there. Yeah. If I may um, just, if I may just clarify my point, I a hundred percent get what you're saying there. Um, with all of, all of your points. And I would agree with them if, they'd been built up to that to go from i know it says three years but i'm sorry but saying that three years have passed is not good enough for me you need to show the transition you need to show show things changing over time because simply going from the template that we have at the moment which is you fight the gadol too we coexist with them and you're going to farm like the crap now and whatever just jumping from that in such a short frame of time without even showing any of the characters coming to yeah. like realize their new world that's why i feel it's still exploited yeah. because 
it's presented basically as the same thing, just a different flavor, mm. rather than having the necessary detail behind it to make me think differently. Hmm. That's my problem. Well, I mean, with so, it. so the fact that they're living together doesn't move you, like that. That there, there doesn't appear to be any more like we're treating this as an MMO. Like we're this is just our life now well, on the, the surface well, of this the, planet. There's, there's narration over it though, saying, "Hey, go and like build your farming gear and all that." It's still being treated as a game, right? Um, yeah, that's true. I guess like the the fact that they come from this culture of gamification to incentivize different things. I guess that still continued. Um, but I think as long as I don't, I think you could still have that incentive structure and and not be fundamentally exploitative. Um, I think that there's a way to do that. I don't think that a gamified, you know, society built around um, that kind of incentivization necessarily has to be bad. No, but I agree. But I wish the show would back it up with more exploration of how we get from the point before the time skip to afterwards. Okay, so that yeah, this that is, is where we agree. That, that like, is, I would have loved to core, see more. That is the core of my problem, and in the absence of that explanation, I have to simply fall back on what the show has shown us before, which is, this is a system that is very explicitly stated in that very same episode, things will not change. And, you know, this we've gone through cycles of this before, where the game's been different, and the game is now different again, so it doesn't feel Upgrading. like... Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like a Pyrrhic victory, if you want to call it that, you know? Hmm. And that's why I think bothers me. Like we hear all the time in real life about how, like you know, this is why I said the joke made the Joe Biden joke because, you know, he'll be better certainly. And by the way, that's my uh, on you know tacit explicit endorsement of I don't like him, but fucking vote for him anyway. Uh, but anyway, point being is that he'll be he'll be better, but it's a marginal thing. And I'd rather have more narratives that say, hey, you know what, maybe we can completely tear this thing down and start fresh. That was Kabaragi's actual goal. But he didn't really do that. He just kind of... I don't know, I think... Didn't he, though? I mean, I mean, look at the degree of authoritarian control over the lives of all the citizens. I mean, that's... The fact that that's not there is, like, a huge, a huge deal. And How... now their society is free to evolve in whatever direction they would want to. It's only been three years, and so to me, it actually is feels more organic that they would try something out that kind of hues close to some of the structures that they had in place before. Um, mm. But just do it in a way that's more inclusive, less exploitative, you know. And Cesar makes a good point about the farming. I mean, the cyborgs don't really need to farm. So no, it they, really they, is a, no, they like do. a human they, thing. They do because they still need Oxion to survive. But w- were they farming Oxion or weren't they just getting that from the Gadol poop? Well, if they're getting from the Gadol poop or they're farming it directly, the the point is moot. They still need it. Right. Well, so, I mean, the, I don't think that they would need... Well, it, they could be... Um, they could be helping to help the humans or they could be not doing it because they don't need to. Let me, let me pull but, this back. Know, it doesn't really matter. Let me pull yeah. this back. Everything we're discussing, the show should have explained. It shouldn't have been left up to our speculation. The show's done now. But this is why I'm saying I would have liked to have had more time to see the transition, so we're not like going back and forth about why these things, like whatever, you know. Sometimes mm-hmm. this is this is what I'm saying, and uh, this is why I'd also make the argument, call me crazy, but I would have actually been very content if the show had ended literally at the point in which you know before the time skip where Kabaragi's like corpse, if you want to call it that, switches off, right. 
Sure, I could, bit, I could bit, see bit, that. Bit, bit, I would have been bit, a bum die. <laughs> very bittersweet bum out ending. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I would have been content with that. Because I'll save what I'll save what's popped in my head. Like you remember how I discussed Final Fantasy VII previously, or rather the remake, when we were talking about it last time. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, right? I think a lot of what happens in the very end of Final Fantasy VII remake, particularly a certain boss fight, is there more because I think they were afraid that they couldn't necessarily guarantee they'd be able to do it in part four or five or whatever, because they may not have gained to make it. That's my feeling on that. There's certain elements that that feels to me like we got to put this in because we didn't know we'd get to do it this down the line. There's certain scenes okay. in that game that feel very clearly like, hey, it's not the time that we have, we're going to do it later, but if the game failed to sell or they didn't get a chance to make it, then, well, we'll do it. And that's why I think this time skip exists rather than, like, opening to the possibility of season two, because, again, we live in mm-hmm. an anime... In an anime, you know, creative culture where there is the 12 season core, oh, sorry, 12 episode core, that's it. It's very unlikely you'll get a second season unless it's based on a manga, more than likely, and this is definitely not. So. I that's think why that's it, why I'm looking. Yeah, that's. Like, I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a little bit of slack. I do uh, have some then, sympathy for that, don't get me wrong. You know. Uh, and, and all the good. Sorry, go on. Oh, and just there's th- that aspect, the the economic reality that you speak about, and then you know the all the goodwill that it's that it's built up, and the fact that like I'm watching it, um, not expecting uh, the like a hundred percent handholding. I am expecting the show to be meticulous, which I, I don't think it it was as meticulous as it could have been. That's where you and I definitely um, agree. I don't want a hundred percent. I want it to at least do more than it did, which was. Here's the future and everything's rosy now. And we're not going to explain yeah. anywhere near enough of it to give it to make it feel truly satisfying. Yeah, and there's two ways you could look at. It. I mean, like if you're gonna like you were doing like abstracting this as a text, you know, in a vacuum, you know, you could definitely like I think take the ending to task a lot more. Um, if we want to talk about the material reality of the situation and it as a production. Um, I, I do think cutting it a little bit of slack for just those economic realities that you speak of is warranted. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is, it's you know, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. But but it is the world we live in. Mm, true. But there's something else I discussed with the ending that I feel is okay. going to generate some heated discussion in its own right. So I've talked about the big picture stuff here. Kabaragi coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. I think this was a mistake. And I think this okay. was a mistake for a couple of reasons. First of which, even before I discuss why I think bringing him back, period, was a mistake, I think simply having him appear like at the end, as briefly as he did, felt a bit cheap to me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you, what? I, I just just think, I, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about the ending moments and picturing your face. <laughs> Your face very dissatisfied when Kabaragi like walks over that, well, uh, well, that uh, well, sunset hill. I, I kind of, I kind of was disappointed when because as soon as Jill mentioned I have a backup, I'm like, oh for God's sake! Because first off, like I I felt very bittersweet about Kabaragi dying. Like he he had wanted to take his own life at the start of the show. Make no mistake. And now he has given his own life, but he's given his own life to basically, as much as I say otherwise, things haven't changed. They still have for the better. He has done a wonderful thing for everyone. And he did that without any hesitation or any like remorse or any regret. He, you know, that was a fucking brave thing that he did. Make no mistake. And so, again, this is also why the three year thing bothers me because while three years pass in the show, it's mere seconds. 
it doesn't like marry up in terms of time for things to sink in, you know? Is that why you hated Diebuster? Because the time skip? I've completely forgotten. <laughs> Just I, the media time I, skip. Oh man, I need to go rewatch Diebuster <laughs> at some point. Maybe I'll reevaluate it and like it more. Although you mentioned was that there, as, you mentioned as maybe Smell because t- I'm thinking of Grooving Magic now in my head. Yeah, oh, I'll, always a positive I'll, I'll never dis- I'll never say I dislike that. No way. Um, <laughs> so first off, I do think I do think it was cheap for him just to come back as briefly as he did. Even just beyond the reason why I didn't want him to come back. Um, the first of which, as I say, the fact that, you know, the impacts of that has not even sunk in before we get the out, mm. which is the backup. That to me was dumb. No Jinchi, baby. I'm sorry, but it was dumb. And here's <laughs> the other thing, though, right? Like, Natsume has learned from Kabaragi throughout the show. And one thing that I think the end, the three year skip does show, and it's also really great how it all ties together. Because um, I should mention about it, Kabaragi, when he dies, like, you remember how um, the opening of Decadence of the show, uh, episode one, Natsume's father found a damaged dead robot uh, in the ruins. Mm-hmm. And then the show pretty much ends with Natsume doing the same thing. Bookends. Right. Yes. Bookends, telling you. So that's great mm-hmm. in of itself. Well but done. then but then we see like how she is like evolved into her own personnel. Like she's no longer a tanker, but she's now doing things for herself. Like she said, I'm gonna build myself my own arm, which by the way, propeller arm is amazing. It's good. I, that yes. is literally an Izoken gadget. I you think I was kidding when I said that, you know about before about Isoken in the show like it is literally Isoken gadget it's great I love it uh, but she's now like out there exploring the world guiding people like she's like gone beyond the need for him as presented here you know like and that's the way I always saw their relationship mm. it was mentor and mentee and that's interesting he's given her the tools like you know to live in this world like he and indeed that was part of what the problem of what Kabaragi was doing where he taught how to fight but he never educates her in the way things really work. To the point where we had that heartbreaking scene where she says, I've got to be more useful. And that's his fault. So, the way I see it is that, like, I didn't see their relationship as anything. Like, I, I she, they were friends, don't get me wrong. They weren't completely cold, like, you know, university professor to, like, bored student or anything like that. They weren't friends. <laughs> don't get me wrong there. There's more doujinshi for you. Oh boy, there is. Staying after class with Professor Kabaragi. (laughs) Yeah. So I I just thought to myself, like, you know what? Like, she gets to go off into the sunset. He's given her the skills to live her life now, given her the inspiration she needs. She doesn't need him anymore to push her forward. But now he's back. And nothing. Co- we don't even get to hear a conversation between them, so that's what also gets me. It's not for. It's funny enough, not for Kabaragi's benefit that he's back. Like he doesn't get to see her again because we don't hear his thoughts on it. Um, but rather, it's for hers. And I'm like, I'm. You know, her reaction is understandable. Of course, it's like you know, she, she thought I was dead, and he's back. That's great, and that is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But narratively speaking, like he did not need to return. Yeah. It, feel, it just felt to me like they completely undid like a good, a strong like finish for Kabaragi, like a good send-off for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely see all that. I, here's um, where I come at it from. <clears throat> and it is, speaking of Die Buster, oh, <laughs> I come no. at it from the point of view where I'm like, I, I don't really care. 
I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Like, to me, like, the fact that he came back, like, elicited no reaction from me. Like, him coming back or him staying dead, like, it's weird. I mean, stepping, stepping away from it, like, I can sort of see the merits of either choice. Um, I think... Uh, there's a lot of literary merit to having him stay dead. I think that there is some fandom merit to keeping him alive, bringing him back. Um, but, you know, I I was kind of like, it, my mental space was like, well, the show has accomplished its goals uh, largely, and the spirit of the show has. Like, whatever they kind of do with the ending. And I was being serious not you know about uh being annoyed by um like them like opening the door a little bit and us just only getting a teeny glimpse into like how the society of these two species like went from point a to point b but but i also think like that all that stuff from from the moment they killed Omega, like is just sort of like whatever to me in a way because the spirit of the show and its ideas and it's like fervent anti-establishment, uh, anti-capitalist nature, and kind of how it shows that uh, in a lot of ways we take for granted even like we're being exploited, no matter if we're poor, uh, rich, whatever. Um, is so like just sharp and on point and incisive uh, that I think like thumbs up to the show, but I just did, couldn't find myself like could, couldn't find it within myself to be like happy that Kabragi was back or annoyed that he was back. I just kind of it's fine, fine, sure. The the question um, I would then pose to you then, Doc, if your reaction to that was neutral, could that not simply have been? is that still not an argument itself for it to be replaced with something else oh sure i mean i would have been fine do something else is fine i mean that's fine um if this is the way they want to try to do a season two you know if they're laying the groundwork for that sure Uh, but if they want to do it a different way fine because you know natsume i like seeing the ideas through to the end was my chief concern with it and then the Natsume playing a significant enough role to where it didn't feel like that she was somehow overshadowed by Kaburagi. I thought that they just crossed the finish line with that. Yeah, second we'll get, we'll, and get I thought, we'll get signed a bit. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And and I thought the first and regarding the first one, I thought that they did pretty well. So I was that's why I would say on the whole of the show, I'm satisfied. You know, even though the ending is not was not personally to my taste. Um, like it was some parts of it were kind of fascinating uh but i thought i don't know just like not didn't come together in the same way um you, as, you, you know what's funny you know as the rest of the show you know what i see so. you know i've been glad to see more of jill and minato like they they have oh, yeah. a wonderfully sassy relation working relationship i would have totally like had a solid two mates voice <clears throat> just doing the most mundane administrative shit but just with them snarking with each other that'd be great I just want to take a moment to to just shout out uh, Michio Murase and like, man, what a great job you did. I mean, like, 
you know, this is a person who is Mari Itami in BNA and who is um, more famously Susie from Little Witch Academia. And here she does such a great job as Jill. Like in these episodes, I feel like she gets more dialogue than than ever. And it's amazing. She's such a good character. She's yeah. it like she was, I think, the one of the I don't want to say the only part of the show, but like she got stronger as the show went on in these episodes where other other parts of it you might feel like got weaker like her performance ruled she yeah, was great she, as, she, as a character she rocks uh, the uh, the voice actress says when she's given dry characters to work with when the mm-hmm. dialogue is dry and it's perfect yeah she's great yeah she's i, I want to so give <laughs> i, I want to give big <laughs> ups basically to all the voice actors and actresses and it's like all the voice cast did a stellar mm. job in my opinion um, I like Cabaragi's got his like big yelly moments, but his more quiet ones are also quite well done. Natsume, like she's pretty sweet, but also she does a great job. Her voice actress does a great job when she has to be more emotional mm-hmm. as well. Like, the the rage is handled well, and even even Donatello, Donatello pulling the Independence Day finishing move. You know, <laughs> that's what it was, and you know I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, whatever his name was flying, flying the fighter jet yeah, into the UFO. Yeah. Although he, of course, Shouts survived. Shouts to Roland Emmerich. Oh, God. I don't mm. want to see Roland Emmerich and like decadence. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no. And then it is funny that, like, everyone, including me, like, I forgot that was just his avatar. And so everyone was crying. And he's just like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, what are you crying about? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that was just his... Uh, and his, it, it, it was so um, very gear avatar. It was so very Donatello from saying, "I'm not doing such a boring mission." <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, that was that was yeah. great. That um, was awesome. Um, so yeah. uh, there's actually a final question that um, Kate has asked. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there are more we have to oh, okay. go from her, but it feels relevant to throw in at this point, which is, if you could do so, would you add a thirteenth episode, and what would it show? Right. My basically for me, it's much the same. Like as I, what I said for season two. I would want to see... Here's how I'd pitch it, basically, right? It would not be picking up at the end of the show, like, where Kabaragi returns. I'd have it be the immediate aftermath. This would be, like, one of those special episodes that you get to see occasionally mm. that don't have to follow strictly, like, time continuity, where it must be after the end of the show. It could slot seamlessly into a part before. So I'd have it be in the immediate aftermath. Like, Kabaragi's gone, dead for all they know, and the humans and the robots meet for the first time, and that's when we get the thing I want to see. Now, I'm not saying that it solves everything in a single episode, but I want to see it end at a point where you can see how Natsume is going to eventually, with enough time, with enough hard work, guide these two groups of people to coexisting. I could get on board with that. I, could, I really could. I don't have a lot of great ideas for a season two um, beyond that, that I would I would like to see. I mean... Two decadences, punching its left hook, right hook. There you go. There's your season two, right there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess they could like do do a far future thing and uh, take a different political tact on it. But uh, do you do you want to see a second season of this now? Are you still? Because I'm, I don't know. I I kind of found myself where I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm good with it for now. I I think. I think it accomplished what it set out to, and unless, unless, um, like you're saying, unless they um, tell uh, a story of, uh, you know, the new society uh, reconstructing itself and, and 
getting to like achieving the sort of uh thing that they show at the end of episode 12 then i don't know if i'm interested in in going back in uh, for anything Uh, else the irony being again if they had if they had not done the three years later time skip then i would have absolutely loved to see a season two but now they've gone three years later and everything's quite peaceable. Like, unless they did a season two in which a brand new villain emerges of some description. Right. Which right. is is certainly doable. Uh, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But yes. the thing is that that, of course, means that I would have no interest in seeing it until I know that it's, you know, mm-hmm. good enough to follow up. Because now I, have, I suppose I should mention, like, I feel really, really bad for Studio Nut uh, for two reasons. One of which we've already discussed, which is that it feels to me like they had to, you know, play some of this ending safe. We've got to get the big moment. We've got to get the big drill punch in with the OP play, which was good. It was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, it would have been much braver if, there, if, <laughs> if the end episode was completely devoid of any action. You know it would have been. Whether or not, best results for debate. But anyway, so that's one thing. <laughs> but the second thing is, how the fuck do you follow this up? In general. Oh boy! You mean like the what studio's do do next? next production, what do or do do like? I mean, like the thing I'm thinking of this in my head is, you know, Trigger when they came on the scene, they did kill a killer. <laughs> Holy shit, was that a thing? And then of course they had to do stuff after that. Like, how would you feel like? Yeah. that's the that's the curse of success. Like you've done something incredible, and everyone's just eyes are on you now. Like you know, people expect a lot, yeah. and that's and... awful. <laughs> All too often, right? I mean, it's a great example with Trigger, like in. So instead of, um, you know, trying to make another amazing original work that will be judged against what you just did, the safest play is to just do a light novel adaptation. <laughs> do, do the Studio Nut will do it when supernatural battles become commonplace. Oh, and God. then people will just be sad, except for super fans of the light novel. I can't, I can't um, wait for them to do something set in a high school. Yay! All right, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's this, this is what we need. That's this the, is what we... This is it. Yeah. Uh, the, the decadent city high school life. The, they yeah. need to cut to far future. You have uh, the grandchildren of Kaburagi and uh, Natsume, uh, or the grandchild uh, daughter in school. And there's... Still latent discrimination against the 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 lowly NPC humans or whatever, and then yes, they just navigate the treacherous social waters uh, of, of coming, school. Coming this, summer twenty <laughs> coming summer twenty twenty two. God, that was hard to say for some reason. Coming summer twenty twenty two from Studio Nut, a brand new anime. Uh, Ichigo or whatever the fuck his name is. He's a 16-year-old boy who's unremarkable in every way until he discovers the power inside. And it's accompanied by his five female friends of varying hair colours. He sets out on a journey. Yeah. Nothing Mm -hmm. would kill my interest quicker, even if it was from this studio, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For Ari? Oh, no. I'll go one better. I'll go one better. Coming from Studio Nut in 2022, a brand new isekai. Great. Fucking wonderful. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. This is not an all isekai or bad claim. This is a, we're playing the percentages. (laughs) Yes. I mean, not all isekai are bad, but unfortunately not all isekai don't feature endorsements of slavery either. So you really are, you know, really are taking a chance these days. Yeah. 
just yeah, financed by Crunchyroll. <laughs> Yay! Love it. Bloody, bloody perfect. Love it. When okay. you see them on the production committee, go run. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah. Um, do we have more questions? We, or we, no? we do. Uh, so okay. this is actually again another case where questions overlap a little bit. So from Kate, we have: Do you feel Natsume and Kaburagi were equal protagonists, or did the show favor one over the other? Who did it favor, and why do you think so? If that's the case, and from Gogotite Robot, at the start of Decadence, Natsume is set to be the lead. However, the middle of the show switches to Kabu as lead, or both as co-leads, depending on the episode. By the end of the show, do you feel both leads were well served, and if so, why? So, similarish question here. My original thinking on this, and we discussed this last time, was I felt that uh, Natsume served the function of a character manufactured not for the benefit of themselves, but for another. And, so I'm clear on this again, that's not a bad thing. I'm totally, in of itself necessarily, like, the the concept itself isn't good or bad. It depends on what you do with it. Yes. And... I had some problems with the fact that, like, you know, the the reveal comes to Natsume too late, such that all her actions are in the confines of, like, you know, hey, we're going to repair this wall. And it felt to me, like, a bit pointless. By the way, I love that there was a subtle callback to that because the entirety of Decadence reassembles so ridiculously quickly. And look at what the poor tankers had to do just to do one patch of wall. Like, literally, Minato could have pushed the repair wall button, which, if you've ever yeah. been to a bowling alley, like, you know, you've got, like, the soda drinks button, like, next to your settings. Like, like, that's what he's got there. He's got repair wall, refre- light refreshments, you know, Netflix and chill button. <laughs> this is, that's how easy it is for him to get it fixed, and he just doesn't do it. So I like that callback. But I think that once the truth was revealed, like, and I really, again, wish they'd expand on this further, her role in firstly speaking to... um the robots is fu- is pretty good. I like that. I like that she started to like act as a mediator. She was totally okay with them. Um, but the thing is, I think the show is very, very clear on the fact that it is wasting Kabaragi's favor by the fact that, well, he's the one firstly giving his life to save the world. And secondly, the entire sequence mm. of flashbacks that he has while he's plugged in to cause Decadence's Limitus release. That to me seems like it's pretty clear what the show is telling you, which is that Natsume is an inspiration to him, but mm-hmm. just because she's an inspiration to him doesn't mean that she herself is a lead or an active agent in this. Heck, you know what I would... You, crazy Man. idea. Crazy idea. Imagine this. Imagine... I'm, I'm just... This is like fucking fanfic now, but I'm going to roll with it because screw it, right? So imagine that is about to fire the Decadence Cannon one final time, but for some reason he can't. It needs to be manually triggered by someone. Ooh. Ooh. What? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed part of that. What needs to be manually triggered? Right, so imagine, imagine like, Kabaragi, like, you know, is charging the decadence drill cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Lag and reference poppers, possibly, as Cesar alluded to in the chat before, maybe. Point being, he's charging it for the final hit against the Omega Gaddle. Like, you know, the theme's playing, mm-hmm. and he tries to fire it, and... Oh, no, it doesn't work. We have to go to a manual backup. So well, what what was um what well tell me what the material difference was between that and what actually happened? You you misunderstand, Doc. I'm saying the manual backup would be, have to be fired by someone else. He still fires. That's what him. I mean. But what actually happened? Like he couldn't he couldn't get through the noise until Natsume no, 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 slapping no, no, no. the you, TV. You you mis you misunderstand. Um, like the he's getting the flashbacks, but that's just something he's remembering. When I no, say no, 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 I'm saying she punched. The side of the ship, which is what helped 
It was the equivalent of shaking a television that disrupted the noise from the system. Just my aerial um, here, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, and and that is what like it is depicted in the show as uh, being like a physically significant event. Her busting her arm on the ship is a thing. She gets sucked that inside it as well. Led to, to fair, the yeah. firing of the cannon. What? She gets sucked inside it as well. At one point, don't forget. Yes. When, you know, when she's bringing the spare part in with Kuro and I. Look, okay, well, let me make it clear. Natsume- what is a little... Okay, the chat... So Caesar says, like, uh, you know, Natsume literally didn't help. Like, without Natsume, there is no Kaburagi. There is no... And not just in the way that, like, you know, ah, uh, if Batman's parents weren't killed, there would be nothing <laughs> in the long pages of Batman. Not, it's not like anything Dude, that I'm sorry, indirect. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to stop you there. Like, does, can we have like a scene in in an outtake where Kaburagi finds Natsume in the alley, like in the very beginning, says, "Hey, kid, have a dance with the devil in the pale moonlight." In the pale moonlight, right? <laughs> yeah, can't can't make an omelet, etc. Um, but no, like I don't mean like, oh, look at the long tail of effects. Look at this butterfly effect. No, no, no. Natsume in every action Kaburagi takes in the show is directly either helping him physically or influencing him such that like his beliefs and his motivation are energized and pushed forward. This show is a show that about uh, how powerful ideas can be. And that uh i think elevates natsume's role because she is the one who changes him and helps him believe in a better world who helps him like understand what it means to give everything even to the last minute and not give up like i, I think and again like I, I, sorry. that her punt her and and if you're a stickler and you're like i don't care about the show privileging uh uh or not privileging but like countenancing how important ideas are and beliefs are like what I want is her pulling the trigger or whatever. Then I'm sorry. I will go back again to her punching the side of the ship. If, and immediately after that, the system, uh, crackles, fades and goes away. And then Kaburagi is able to activate the decadence and take control. That is presented in a causal fashion. That is not a coincidence. The show textually is saying it's a, there's a causal relationship between the two and it is the chain of events that directly lead to them being able to kill the monster. Yeah. I, seriously, you... I don't know what more you want and, and, unless you want Natsume jacking in. But she can't. She's not no, a cyborg. No, 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 Doc, you misunderstand. I'll put it cleanly. If you have Natsume be the one who has to actually fire it, then that means that she would end up killing Kaburagi by doing so. And so you can have a moment of her debating that in her head. Make her a more active participant in this. But she, but she wouldn't do it. I don't want her killing Kaburagi. No, nor do, nor do I. But like, I'm talking again from the perspective of a writer here. That would make for great drama. But I'm also saying that we want... Ah, but that would... Mm, what I'm saying I think well that would the, suck. The, the themes would be undercut for me. If like, well, what, what you have to do to create a better world is to kill your friend. Or be willing to kill your friend. I, like, I kind of dislike that. Um... I, I like Kaburagi well, being well, willing didn't, to didn't, didn't sacrifice do that his by, own self. Didn't Manasso do that by like doing his part in like getting decadence ready and prepping the, uh, you know, prepping it for Bal? He was well, he was t- well, he was well, he was taking his own life in his hands because he was on board on the on the bridge and he was willing to be killed. Um, like he was right there. 
And he just like he didn't fire the the gun into the heart of Kabaragi or whatever. He was like, you know, we're here together. I'll flip the switch for you, and then I will go man. I, you know, I'll put you in the pilot's chair, and then I'll go get in the co-pilot chair. We are both taking these risks. Whereas, yeah, I just would have felt bad if she had to basically fire the gun that killed her mentor and best friend. Like to me, that would. I, I feel like everyone acting in a, a sort of this like free and authentic way to sacrifice parts of their body be it their arm uh their life uh their avatar whatever mm. like is more I, I i think like to me that like makes it uh ring truer and speak more no, to that's, me th- that's fair i i was just pitching because i thought myself like what would i do differently in order to get natsume involved in this because the, i think the point that me and a couple of the chat and try and make is that we want Natsume to be involved in such a way that it's for her own benefit and not for Kabaragi's. Like, Kabaragi literally has a hump he has to get over in this in the final episode, which is firing mm-hmm. the cannon, and it's her inspiring you that does that. That's all fine. Don't get me wrong. That's good. That's great. But what's the hump that Natsume has to get over? What's her final challenge at this point? So her whole arc is um, going from... Uh, someone who kind of lives under uh expectations lives under the dictates of her friends her teachers authority um everything like that to like you know making choices for themselves and and when we left her last time she had to deal with the repercussions of that saying like well if you're gonna be this autonomous person like you also have to deal with like the truth of the world and she took that on and she chose uh she still chose to help people she still chose like to you know not like like she chose the path of like helping everyone helping the cyborgs being friendly with them uh helping her boss like i don't know like it just to me felt like the natural kind of progression and the end point of her arc of like the the benefit is she's choosing to do this of her own accord and she can now and it's what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think for me, like maybe I'm just conflating like something that would seem visually more impressive than what actually happens, but I think that we can agree. And you said as much when you said it just barely put her across the finish line before. That I think we can agree the show is weighted in favor of Kabaragi being the man who, the person who does the most, who has the most impact on the events of the show, who the show is arguably most about. Yeah, I think, I, I think it just it can depend on the framework through which you're watching the show. I mean, I think mm-hmm. if you are concerned with, um, you know, like physical direct getting your hands dirty causation um you know a very kind of material uh way to look at things uh then he yeah then then he does because um the show has sort of set it up to where like he is part of a species that can do that um but again, i th- i do think that just looking at it solely that way undercuts like um 
I don't know, just undercuts Natsume's rightful place in the story and how the story from the very beginning um, has said Natsume is important because the beliefs that she has impact other people, and that's important. Um, The show is about, you know, revolution. It's about uh, overthrowing established oppression overthrowing uh immoral norms and all those things require action but all those things require ideas and ideology to fuel that action both are important you can't have one without the other and so i think both happen to be very very vital to the show and what it says Hmm. um absolutely uh I, i so i think it really just does depend on your point of view honestly uh, that I'm total. I'm steadfast in this. Uh, but I, when I say that I think the show favors Kabaragi, though, like, let, let me be clear. Like, if I had to ratio that, I would probably say it's sixty forty, or even maybe fifty five forty five. Like that space contribution is still significant. Don't get me wrong, and I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with her contributing in the way that is mostly focused around being inspiration because that's besides how things work. <clears throat> uh, but I also can't deny that I can see the complaints as well that they're we wanted more big moments that she got involved in later in the end. But again, sometimes a little moments. But again, it's like you say, framework. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if... Hmm, it's interesting. So like in this kind of a show, when there is a noble lie happening, um, this sort of grand narrative that, uh, you know, that everybody buys into in some way or another, and the hu- the humans are the most deceived, but the cyborgs are also being exploited and are in are part of it. Um, then you're naturally going to have uh, an imbalance, an epistemological imbalance. There's going to be if if you're going to bring people from different uh, different parts of that that spectrum of the society that you've made, like one is going to know more than the other. Mm-hmm. If someone because if you've enacted this noble lie, then the only way to get out from under it is, I think, having someone in the know uh, undermine it. And so you're going to have to come together someone who knows more and someone who knows less, and that's going to seem like a little bit of an imbalance. Um, but to tell the kind of story that uh, is about overturning a noble lie... Um, I think you kind of have to do that. Um, and it's, it's going to, it maybe seems weird and maybe set this tone in originally in the show that like, well, Kaburagi's the real MC cause he knows more, but I think her journey from total ignorance of the noble eye to like having her worldview shattered and then kind of accepting the truth and, uh, choosing to work toward a better world is super compelling. Mm. Um, and I mean, I guess, like, I guess you could have this noble eye story where, like, someone who's totally ignorant, like, like, scrapes at the fringes and pulls loose threads and then finds it out. But, like, uh, to me, like, I guess that just sort of makes, um, that discredits the noble lie enough to where I just sort of don't really believe in it um, and kind of like makes the oppressive regime seem cartoonish and like, oh, why didn't someone find this out before? It's so dumb. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, so um, 
but I, I, I do, I, I do see where people are coming from if they think that uh, the show is really a Kabaragi show. Um, but I just respectfully, I think, disagree with that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I do, you know, especially if they're if the person is like. This is all about Kabaragi and nothing about no, Natsume. Where it's no, like you're, I, you're I, like I a much yeah, you're you're a much milder kind of um sixty four towards say, Kabaragi. 60, yeah. 64, definitely. Um <laughs> the irony being though is that if it was all a Kabaragi show and they did do a season two as all about Natsume, then that would be fine. Simply it all being a Kabaragi show on its own, were it that, isn't inherently a bad thing. It's just a question again of what you do with it. Hmm. But I don't think we will get I don't think we will get a season two regressively as much as I would like that. Um, but that being said, like, you know, I, at least if, if Studio going to do something else, I say diff- difficult second album, but I am there for it. I am all over that shit, that's for sure. All right, that brings us to the end of our patron questions. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for throwing those in. If you, say, do want to ask us questions as we go along through a show, be it our uh, stream of thought, second stream, or Death Show the third series, get yourself into patreon.com forward slash Rory Death Show. Check out the tier rewards. You get the ability to ask questions equivalent to the pod that you get access to. So stream of thought is at the $2 tier, second stream at the $3, and Death Show the third at the fifth, and plenty of other perks in there as well. All right, so let's get on to talking points. And the irony is, um, I've probably said everything I want to say just from the questions for the most part, <laughs> because there's a lot uh. stuff here. But I suppose we should also, I mean, I'll pitch the floor to you first, Doc. Like, do you have any talking mm-hmm. points separate from what we've already oh, yeah. discussed? Go on. Um, well, uh, we've, I've only tiptoed over the ground, but I just want to, I guess, make it... Uh, reveal all as far as like my journey through episode 11 oh because i was like kind of getting ready ready to bury the show um or at least bury the last two episodes and just be like what are they doing torpedoing themselves with this omega gattle bullshit like Mm. you know rather than saying like is this some sort of appeal to like the conservatives among us who even after seeing all of the preceding nine episodes or 10 episodes are like, you know what? I'd still be cool with a big giant overarching system regulating everything. Cause I feel like order is so great. Oh no. It turns out like there's no system could do that perfectly. There will always be in flaws inherent in the system. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, because That's, as I said, they just want to have a big action finale, even though it's not really justified as at least as I saw at the time that is. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I was thinking early on. I was like, man, I want an anime that goes all in on this idea of, like, the system's not bad because it's, like, uh, it's sort of imperfect in its uh, reach and grasp over control of its citizens. Like, I want, you know, the perfect system, the quote-unquote perfect system, right, having, like, perfect control, but, like, uh, the show still saying, fuck that, like... We don't like this because it's immoral, it's inhumane, uh, it's unjust, and so that's why we topple it. Like that's what I was thinking, right? And then, and then they do the thing that I think saves the bacon thematically of these last two episodes, and the show, uh, the the system rather goes um, well, like. This is all part of the loop. It does the whole architect matrix thing. Like, well, we prepared for the one. And, you know, your anomaly I, is just. Only part I of know this. the secret blend of 11 herbs <laughs> and spices. 
I'm sorry, but right. the, the architect looks like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, I'm I agree. sorry. I'm sorry. It does. I agree. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but I, even more than that, even more than the whole we we plan for this. I think the system's response to problems that are a threat to itself, a wiping, a total wiping, and then start uh, start from ground zero. Um, to to build it up again, upgrade. Uh, I think that saved it for me because we see that even in these giant problems, even even though the system has created this big mess, a literal big it not mess, o- it's huge. Uh huh. Yeah. Not only did it foresee the big mess, like it already has these solutions calculated into it that like don't care about individuals oh you you only you mean, cares about perpetuating the status quo you you mean the classic it support thing if you tried turning on and off again? <laughs> exactly yeah that's, that's literally what program. they're gonna do all right i'm gonna turn the, the system off i'm gonna reboot it. it's fine it's fine like it you know it understands that uh, it, it's under no illusions of its perfection in terms of its ability to, to control everything but it says like well, we're gonna fuck up, uh, and, but when and when we do, uh, we will just violently erase the problem, and whoever is collateral damage in that erasure, uh, it doesn't fucking matter. What matters is the status quo will remain, and it will continue. And so, holy shit, like that to me. Uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat as far as the plot point of omega gaddle yeah i was totally totally into that jill has a speech about it as well where she basically confirms something that i suggested as where they might be going with it in episode but when i discussed it in episode 10 which is it is in itself like you know a function of an imperfect system because it cannot control for every potential outcome so it still follows that idea that I mean, Natsumi herself says it's a bug like me, so there you go. So it does it does fit. It is a puzzle piece that fits in the end. But I, I will wonder um, if the reason that it does that, uh, exists at all, is again still not because of we want a big action finale versus what to me would have been the, its new rate of utility, because I still feel you probably could have swapped that out for doing something else. Like, I don't know, but um, it works, and that's good enough, in my opinion. Good good enough is the way to describe that that yeah. that little plot point. Yeah. Um yeah. another oh sorry, did you want to say something? Um I've just realized we've actually missed a patron question. Uh because Oh I'm no warned. Because clearly my glasses are terrible. Uh this one comes from again from Gogo Say Robo. Um have you ever experienced being online for a game being closed down forever? So have I I've also played like a mm. ongoing service game that closes down. Uh no, I haven't actually. Um the only MMO I ever played was World of Warcraft, and that is the cockroach of the group because it just will not die. <laughs> They're, yeah, it's, it's decided I, to run itself again from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> while the no, new one, no, no still quite, away. quite literally because they did WoW Classic. So you're not wrong, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I quit because I just, I moved beyond it. I didn't need to play or want to play it anymore, really. You know, it was a thing for a time and it's left its mark on me, not least of which being my handle, but yeah, that's it really. Uh, um, yeah, I, um, 
I tried an MMO once called Final Fantasy XIV. I never and it. yeah, I know it's a very small uh, niche sounds, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, sounds sounds <laughs> very sounds like for you know it's just for randoms like you know a couple yeah. handful of people like you know. Nah, mm-hmm, really. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you you all wouldn't get it out there. It's super nerdy, so I'll keep this brief and just say, uh, like I, the MMOs are just not for me. You know, I, I, everyone was like, oh, this is the best story in Final Fantasy. And like, okay. And so I like pushed through a lot of it and then had a shitty experience with people running a dungeon. So I'm like, why am I pushing myself through this? when I know that this is just not the kind of experience I enjoy as exactly. a video game player. Well, well, well that's so. funny enough why I, part of the reason why I stopped playing it because I was sick and tired of getting so mad at other people for their failures. So I went over to playing fighting games instead where I can get mad at the game <laughs> itself for our failures. Exactly. Yeah, that's an Perfect. improvement for sure. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, so, I, don't, so I don't know if I'll ever know this feeling, Emily. I, I apologize for missing that out, Gogo, sorry, Roa, but I will just throw in a quick, brief, amusing anecdote which was that there was a I think it was Clyde Barker, possibly. He did an MMO way back when in, like, the late 2000s. I don't even recall what it was called. Um, and there was a there was a game shop near where I lived that sold the collector's and it never got bought. I remember reading how the service pack <laughs> closed, closed down. But for some reason, the game shop, either deliberately or ignorantly... Continues to have that on sale, so I just imagine this poor person buying this collector's edition oh. for a hundred and pounds of this MMO. They take it home, they put it on there, you know, put it on the PC, fire up, try to log in. Sorry, service deactivated two years ago. TS, bye. <laughs> aren't you um? Aren't you going to be like part of this when the Guilty Gear switches over to the new one? Like if you stayed around in the old version of the game nah i'm already playing in a different mmo as it is anyway it's called worry death show <laughs> of course yes i wish you luck i do occasionally have like the idea of going back to world of warcraft but i don't want to do it because i would not have the spare time to dive to like put into it that i did back then uh, yeah. I've got responsibilities now, like responsibilities to myself I didn't have then, or rather I did have them, but I just ignored because I'm a moron when I was younger. <laughs> and also, of course, I have the podcast, which I have to be responsible for as well. So if I did end up playing World of Warcraft, I'd probably get like an hour in on it and I'd probably get bored. Plus, it would also introduce me again to the idea of, as you say, going into a dungeon. I've got to rely on these four random fuckwits to go and play this properly, and they're going to just waste my time. And I have many examples of my own experience of World of Warcraft where relying on others was deeply deeply painful mm. uh so yeah no thanks you know not it, it's 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 an idea i dabble with in my head but it never goes beyond that okay so um well thanks again patrons for submitting those questions um um <laughs> the matrix reference uh <laughs> by gogo the next point I was going to make was going to be that I appreciated like the fact that um, I think in this uh, in, in these episodes, um, we get the reality painted before us that like, you know, look, look at everyone in in the final battle. It's people that have been on board since the beginning. That's true. All the way to like people that have just gotten on board with the cause because they don't want to be blown up. And, you know, 
doing deep dives into history that I've been doing lately, been reading more, you know, French history. Uh, it just underscores the point that like political change it so rarely, if ever happens because people want to do the right thing. People are willing to sacrifice their own material well-being and, you know, potential happiness to do the right thing to like bring the least off up to their level. If it means that they have to sacrifice. No, no, thanks. Um, it's only when their own livelihood and or safety is threatened that they're willing to get out there and do shit. And this is the case in decadence with Minato, you know, finally going over to the cause and getting to live his dream of like, all I've wanted to do is fight by her side one more time, Kaburagi. That was all, enough All for me. I've ever wanted to do was have Jill constantly nag me in the air. <laughs> yeah. So like... You know, and the show is actually really great about not um, telling you how to feel about that. And I think that there are kind of multiple contrary ways that you can feel at the same time. Like, I think you could be rightfully annoyed and be like, oh, Minato, welcome to the party, you late motherfucker. Where where was your (laughs) ass before? We sure could have used you. Um, You could have helped in all these different ways, uh, you know, but you were... You were concerned about your own, uh, you know, checkbook, relatively speaking. You're, you're nowhere near um, as good as your namesake in Persona 3 was. He right. died! <laughs> right. He yes, fucking exactly. died to save the world. He, what he are you doing here? <laughs> you're a pencil pusher. But, like, it also, it, you know, it doesn't force you into that conclusion totally. Like, it still recognizes the fact that, like, you know, people like that do have a part to play um, in in this kind of you know drastic political change yeah and you know what you know what's crazy though like um Mm -hmm. now that you mentioned this this is what this show now reminds me of a little bit it reminds me of the foundation series by Mm. isaac asimov because in that he was all very much his stories in that series were all very much about how there is no sudden dramatic shift like it's all based on the patterns of a lot of people and occasionally an individual can pop up and shift things, but otherwise, like we're talking over the spans of years, that things won't necessarily change. Mm-hmm. Um, so it reminds me of that. And hey, if I'm comparing this show to classic Asimov, then I suppose it must be at least halfway decent. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a feather in its cap, right? If you can make that comparison, just accurately. like Isaac Asimov, Shade in 2020, five stars, <laughs> right? Um, and I think, let me see. This is probably the last point that I have written down that we haven't talked about. Um, that uh, so this is maybe an idiosyncratic way of looking at at what I'm about to talk about. But do you know how they were pulling in uh, the old parts of the decadence to help power up the canon? Yep. Um, I touched on this briefly in our intro segment, but um, and they kind of made a game out of it too. You know, they they used. Uh, they use those ingrained instincts of the gears, like oh, we're making a game out of it, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm on board. The last mission and shit, fat loom. Um, <laughs> like, the, to, I the, the way I sort of saw that was like you know those scar those were like uh past scars. Like maybe maybe those things had fallen off the decadence in previous cycles. Mm. where there had been some kind of uprising 
um, and the system was able to wipe and reboot. And the fact that, you know, uh, Jill and Natsume thought up, like, let's use these to power up what we have now, sort of was this metaphor to me of, like, the uprisings and calls for revolution and direct and actual direct political actions, even if they're unsuccessful, like can like seed these future movements and be a foundation that ultimately leads to uh, a victory and a successful mm. revolution down the road. And I really, really like that. I don't know if that, if they were exactly going for that, um, but Progress I saw that slow, there and I thought that was rad. <laughs> Yeah, progress is slow, but you can't skip it. You know, you don't get to bypass straight to the end. So yeah, yeah no, I 100% agree with you there. Yeah, and so that's that's the only, the, the last thing I have. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, the show, uh, the episodes writ large and the ending. I guess we have to talk about like the show as a whole and like what oh, you were talking about, whether you think it's the, how you, how you, uh, think it measures up to azokin oh boy oh well i'll just say in general like there's something i've probably not talked about a lot which is just how incredibly well animated this show is i mean the sakuga folks have been feasting on this and even mm-hmm. the most recent episode uh 12 like you've got like your know, animators drawing all of that rubble individually the lasers flying everywhere um i'll credit the cg as well for not being intrusive or invasive it felt it fine like, it didn't feel jarring or distracting as it often can be. The show has been brilliantly storyboarded from start to finish as well. Like, so much taking away from it. Um, it's also quite funny. It never stops, like, in, it's never dour all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, a yeah. concept like this could really be kind of dreary. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think maybe I'm also underselling Natsume's involvement in the show, which sounds strange, so I'm selling it separate from the story. But... The thing to remember is that part of her reason being the show is also to inject some life into it. I mean, mm-hmm. if like here's your Final Fantasy comparison again, crazy enough as this sounds like. People give Tidus in uh, Final Fantasy X a really hard time because he's constantly like, you know, being a dork and he's saying stupid shit and he's got the and the laughing scene. We all know the laughing scene. Ha yeah. ha ha ha. But people seem to miss the forest for the trees on that one, which is that he is a person <laughs> who has come in from a different world. Mm-hmm. where everyone is miserable all the time because there is literally the existential threat of this giant kaiju coming up and killing everyone to the point where the whole world is living in like you know a subsistence farming luddite state but he comes in and suddenly like you know his energy revitalizes people a little bit you know gives them hope and so natsume fulfills a similar kind of thing here where okay we might have an, our debates about whether or not she got to do much for her own sake in the plot but make her joy de vivre if you want to call it that like not apart from just being an inspiration for kaburagi keeps the show itself light and fresh at times when it's needed it's never totally distant though like when it needs to be serious it's serious i mean you get the thing like for example the brutal moment when you find pipes like collar mm. like mm-hmm. you don't see pipe disappear into dust but you come back and he's just fucking gone and you get the scene of course when pipe, we last see pipe from kaburagi's perspective where he closes the door on him literally like knowing he'll never see him again. It's framed very sharply and with harsh angles on that one. Um, so yeah, the show is brilliantly animated, brilliantly storyboarded, wonderfully executed. 
I, I thought it was great. The only thing that really didn't stick out to me was the music, to be quite honest. But mm, right. But yeah. music not sticking out to me is value neutral because there's only two ways it sticks out. Either I love or I think it's a shower of shite. And I didn't think mm. either of those things. So that's fine. I'm not going to worry about that too much. Uh, the OP playing over the end, like it, it does that usual anime trick. Here's the big final moment. We're going to get the OP going. And it works for me. There were better times yeah. when that's happened, mind you. But it works. I will give it that. Regarding um, the humor, I just I want to quickly say like how like the humor wasn't like how do I say this? It it was there like you said to even out the mood and the tone, but not just that. I think it also served a thematic purpose too. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you're talking about like how kawaii and different the cyborgs look from the humans, um, it was it was funny to see them and like hear the tweet 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 sound effects when they walked around yeah. and, but like it also was this like um important story device like showing you how kind of fundamentally different life could be depending on your economic and class sort of status true um true. so yeah it was so cool like the and the humor it was so good it was on point and really underrated part about why the show was good i think yeah definitely um and as for the rest of it, which we've discussed at length throughout the course of this series, like, I think what's most amazing to me, or one of the most amazing things to me, is that you get that episode two twist. And then I'm I'm here like, you've got to deliver on this mm-hmm. twist now. Because sometimes twists, like in, you know, a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff, for example, the whole mystery box shit, <laughs> the, twist, the right. twist itself is the reason that they those stories are written and not because you then intend to do anything good with it. Fucking like, M. Night it, Shyamalan, the, the yeah, king of that shit. <laughs> yeah. It, be, it becomes, like, the twist itself becomes a kind of, I don't know, the re, the purpose rather than the starting point for a, you know, mystery, yeah. intrigue, or drama. But no, the twist in this one, apart from, it does double duty, it both is the inciting thing for a lot of audience members to go, holy shit, this is more than I thought it was going to be. But then they deliver on it. They explore things. You get to see like mm-hmm. how people, like you know how, like again, Natsume, robot hand, it's shit. But she could have a new one so easily if she knows the right person. That kind of thing. It's a small point, but it's a small point that fits with the larger idea that this capsule society of it, where literally like Kaburagi can buy footage of a dead person. Right. Yeah. She's just which again. I have to stress that's fucking awful like when you say it like that. but that's what he did he literally bought like this youtube movie of this person dying which yeah. is just fucking crazy and then you like you go as far as having the gadol shit factory as a prison they are literally shoveling yeah. shit this is not a they, subtle um, thing this is no. not like this is not your daddy's license pre- printing shit this is we are literally going to go and rake uh gadol guano gadol guano whatever you're calling you know i just want to say like just briefly like they did not spend a whole ton of time on the surveillance state aspect of this but like it was there and i appreciated it and like it it played a factor in the story that like all the like everything is being recorded and everything is for sale all that footage i Um, mean all the all the implications of that are there for you to think about like yeah I mean, mm-hmm. as much as I said, like, about how the end, yeah, where it's been more explicit and what happened, there are times when I think, like, in science fiction, uh, uh, that you get set an example. We see mm-hmm. Natsume's, like, death being sold for footage. But then you think to yourself, you see all the other things that are being sold there. What were they selling? Dare I say, yeah. were they selling, like, covert footage of, like, the humans 
doing the do. You know, is that something the cyborgs were enjoying? Doing the do. Yeah. Were they, yeah. Were they, yeah. Were they selling footage of like family, like deeply traumatic family arguments? You know, they were basically yeah. exploiting the lives of these people without their knowledge. And that's again something you can infer and think of all the mm-hmm. horrific ways they were doing it just from that one thing that was more just a utilitarian plot point in intent. Yeah. But it expands from there. And um, you like wonder, you wonder how, um, if anyone was watching all of it, you, yeah. or, or if it was just like, we have to have this because it makes us feel better about the amount of control we have. Or, you know, if because it's often seemed to me like um, Hugan and other people could have been more well-informed on different situations had they watched all the footage. But it's perfectly believable to me that like, not even a computer system like could work through the vast amount of footage that is probably being uploaded every single second. Well, YouTube keeps trying. It really deafens, does. Yeah. It really fucking <laughs> keeps trying to sort through it, but it only uh-huh. ever seems to like do wrong, ironically. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, and on top of that, like you know, the action scenes are great. Like they, I had argued uh, before and uh, sorry for and against them, but overall, I'm mm. for them because you know what, like. It's still exciting to watch. Like, as much as I complain that I wish the, the final episode wasn't a big action thing, you know what? At least it's still good. That doesn't make it bad by default. I just mm-hmm. wish it was something different that could have been better. But no, the fight scenes were always are always incredible. Um, it I really, really like both Kabaragi and Nat Smear's characters. As our main duo, whether you want to argue the toss about who has the more to do, like they're both really compelling. They have wonderful chemistry with each other. It was a joy watching them banter and talk with each other. The scenes we had seen when they were training, like the fucking 80s montage. They, so good. Yeah. They like they were great characters. And mm-hmm. I have to again just praise Studio Not. Like this is the the organic homegrown anime. Like it doesn't come yeah. from like source material. It is their first work. And to have come out swinging so hard like this is just it's just Chef's kiss. I was stunned by how good this show was. I just wish that it had been entirely consistent all the way through, but that's such a massive ask that I can't feel, you know, annoyed or angry that it wasn't that. Not many, not, there's very, very few people on this planet in any medium who can keep that level of quality from start to finish. Simple as that. And but one of them is Masaki Yuasa. <laughs> well, Masaki Yuasa is an anime warlock. We know this. Yes, we know that. Mm-hmm. We, we know. So made we know. deals with but, spiritual entities. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, like to have done that all is, yeah. is incredible. And in any other year, like I think like last year, for example, Beastars was my end of the year. No, if if decadence came out last year, there wouldn't have even been a debate in my head. It would have been decadence easily. Ooh, that's a, that's a much harder discussion for me, but, but um, that's that a discussion spi- still. Is that is that a spicy take? <laughs> I mean, like I I get it. I mean, I I might still agree with you in the end, but it's not an open and shut case for me. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, I mean, would you would you have thought? You know, setting aside the Azokin, um comparisons would you have thought that like the director and writer of mob psycho seasons one and two could shortly after mob psycho two make something that is like maybe as good as that i mean that's such a huge accomplishment 
to me. Like, I, it, I mean, it says... if, you, if you'd have if told me that they were making something after Mob Psycho 200, and that's what I'm calling it, come at Please me. Please do. Yep. Um, <laughs> that was arguably as good, but was based on original material and not an adaptation of existing stuff. Also, yeah. bear in mind that Mob Psycho 200 is a continuation of existing property, which does grant some advantages. Like, you're familiar with the material, everything's clicks in place, that kind of thing. Like, if you said that, I'd have said, I reckon it'll be decent, but I don't reckon it'll be as good. And then I don't look like a moron. Because as it turns out, it is just as good, arguably. Yeah, I mean, I would have, you know, I would have had reservations. I would not have put money on it, right? I mean, but mm-hmm. Tachikawa and Seiko are clearly like a duo to be reckoned with and a duo to watch for in the industry. Like what what they will do next. I mean, I I think this is like a real established track record of a creative force, and we should definitely uh, keep our eyes peeled for what they do next. Oh, good luck to them, though. Jesus Christ, I'm. I feel. Oh, I I feel awful for them and elated at the same time because yeah, this is I mean, where it, look, this is where as crazy as it sounds, this is where it gets hard. Oh, I think it. Yeah, I mean, but I would have said the same thing after Mob. I think Mob is one of the best shows ever made, um, and and yet they've done this thing that is great in a totally different way. Mm. They're telling a completely different kind of story, uh, you know, and and it's manages to be super compelling. I, I, yeah. I'm totally like, I just have so much respect for what the whole crew you know was able to accomplish i think this is a real achievement i think you know as an original work like this is probably the best original work that's going to come out this year oh. um <laughs> i mean you know what's funny Do you remember when we got to the end of the isoka discussion i was like i feel so bad for everything that follows this i'm gonna mm-hmm. just reheat that point and just say i feel so bad for everything in the fall because what the mm-hmm. fuck is going to come along and be this? But then again, I said that after Izoken and I got proven wrong. Yeah. Really, I mean, like, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, Ray Zero 2 is coming out. So hold, just, just hold your. Well, well that already is out. Like, I, I, Oh, is it out now? That's just. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I watched, I watched the first episode of Ray Zero 2 and I'm like, nah, I'm good. Not because it was bad. Yeah, but I was just like, you didn't like Ray Zero. <laughs> no, I, I, I liked it. It's the best Isekai I've seen basically, but. Well, that's also admittedly not much given the competition. <laughs> but I mean, the look, I've been holding off on talking with you about ReZero for so long because it, like, my dislike or relative dislike of the first season hinged on the fact that they didn't do something at the very end that they did in the light novels, as I understood it. And right, I, I think that was their cowardice on the writers' parts. Um, and now they've kind of sort of do- delivered on it, but they didn't deliver on it as written in the novels. Again, as I understand it, because I've not read them. And I just thought, again, I feel like you're copying to what the audience wants rather than why to tell a story. So I'm bowing out, but we can discuss that a different day. Well, yes. Getting getting back to the show. Yeah, I, I just, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I think, like, Mo- Mob was a show that like it had really good ideas in it and i've i've talked at length about them it gave, before. It gave 100%. Mm-hmm. a hundred percent um, hey uh <laughs> I, i've talked about them before on the anime is lit show but i think the main strengths of that show were like the characters and the action 
And I think the strength of this show is like the ideas and the world building. So again, like it's a different sort of feat that they've accomplished doing this thing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've said on the stream already, I think the show did accomplish its goals. I think it set out to, to demonstrate, um, the, uh, the manner in which, uh, People all across the class spectrum and economic spectrum are exploited uh, in all these different ways that we may take for granted or may not take for granted, um, and how difficult it can be to um, bring about uh, a change in that status quo um, and what it takes uh, to do it. Um and also just be this like really cool sci-fi story with yeah amazing world building. I mean, I think big, it just big, it totally big robots, delivers. cyborgs, colorful characters. You know, the the lead character, one of the lead characters has a robot hand. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh, I can't contain the power in my hand. And then Cabrera just says, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that, that again would be a scene I could see happening. But... That's the joy also, I think, of these characters in that I can just imagine that because their chemistry is that good, I can imagine all this stuff. And it just makes me smile every time I think of it. It's wonderful. Oh, uh, yeah. Hi- highest marks for this one. I mean, it may, not end up, it may not end up being my anime of the year. I, I think I might prefer Azokan by a bit, but it's, it's really a bit, close. It's a bit. That's the thing. I, again, must restate. Really close. I think Azokan is the better show, but it's... Yeah. It's just... Mm, and they're so, so different i mean i can see someone preferring this over azokin because of that they like shows that try to do this thing more than they like shows that try to do the azokin thing you know they're they're trying to accomplish different things um but yeah this show ruled uh i'm gonna give the the current batch of episodes um probably like I'll say 4.25 cracked um, HUDs out of 5. I am probably going to give you the same, uh, give it the same. I, oh God, I've now got to think of a, of a witty, of a witty scoring (laughs) thing. And I wasn't prepared for this. I I should have thought of this ahead of time. Normally, normally I do, but I don't this time. Uh, I yeah, I know. I'll give it four point two five. Go go gadget helicopter hands out of five. Mm, Yes, there we go. Yeah, for the show as a whole though, we've got to rate that as well, haven't we? Um, oh man, it's for me. It's a five. I'm gonna go. I mean, I know, like, you know, I grade these things a little bit differently than you. Um, you're nicer. That's the main thing. <laughs> you you oh, have a heart. Right. Like you, you, you don't have a lump of coal in your in the chest cavity where your heart would be. Like I, I do. would. Well, look. I just think my scale is different. I mean, um, I think. Oh, so, so I'm metric and you're imperial. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, yes. I'm the baking. I'm the baking of the show, and you are the. <laughs> I don't know distance. Uh, science. The, the science one. Yeah. Right. So like. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of, like, enjoyment and, like you were pointing out, like, following through and realizing the huge promise uh, that it that it had early on. I mean, it's it gets full marks for me. I, I can't think of, like, an element that, like, in, like, the broad strokes of it um, 
I, I thought was like some kind of failure or huge disappointment. Hmm. The ending again, I, because part of because most of episode twelve was the 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 last part of the fight. That ties in to everything to me that was pretty great about the show, and then like the last stuff, um, you know, brought down the ending. But, but like again, I. I don't think like a five for five means it's like this perfect show. I think it just means like I've enjoyed it. I've gotten maximal enjoyment from it. Yeah. I've enjoyed it an incredible amount. It's fulfilled my like my fan heart and my brain uh, and provided me with a lot to think about. Really good discussions uh, in chat, in the discord uh, with you on pod Um it's it's been a delight, like to something to look forward to, uh, every uh, every three weeks when we get together and talk yeah. about it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I. Oh. You know, normally on this grading curve, we go by like you know units of a, a quarter, so not point two five. But fuck it, I'm going to tear down the system. I'm not <laughs> going to give. I'm not going to give decadence a five out of five because I think that for me. The ending is just enough of a flub that it isn't, like, maximal, as you say. But, but, everything else was pretty much exactly what the show promised. It, like, you know, I've said before about the idea of when shows set, set out contracts with the audience. Like, mm-hmm. here's what you can expect. And yes, it took the contracts in the first episode and then tore up and set on fire, but it gave us an even <laughs> better one. Mm-hmm. As a result. And it delivered on pretty much all of that, save for the final two episodes where there was some flubbing. It's like I said, made the landing, stuff fell out of the overhead locker, but it landed. And up until that point, the ride was buttery smooth. I loved every part of the show. It's been a joy talking about it. Like, I'm so glad we had it in this year in particular, because Lord knows I did not want to cover a shit like second stream show. Um, you know, over the We already did that past- this year. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> And no doubt we'll end up doing one to round off the year as well. Oh, no. Don't say that. Don't say that. There's surely something... <laughs> There's surely something good coming along. We don't even have well, to pull up. <laughs> we don't, we, don't despair. We need, to, we need to sort that, but we'll, we'll get to that. So, yeah, in the end, my score for Decadence is going to be 4.9 oh. out of 5. It's just <laughs> that close. Isaacin gets the full five, of course, by comparison, and mm-hmm. everything else. Well, no one gives a fuck about anything else we've covered this year. These two have easily been the best things we've talked about. Uh, okay, look, I, 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 that's me being unfair, because I think we did cover um, Jula Richard this year, which was pretty good. That was a really good show. I liked that a I, bunch. I, I enjoyed and that Rakugo. a bit. Uh, oh, yes, Rakugo. I, I'm going to discount Rakugo not because it's bad just because it's not from this year but like i'm talking like as in stuff released this year if you want to be pedantic about it but um was jeweler richard this year wow it feels yeah, so long ago i know holy I, cow I don't believe it. I, it feels a bit spooky because <laughs> we because we were covering um we were covering uh kabuki show last year and up to uh-huh. christmas uh that's oh. when we we're covering vinland oh so sherlock wasn't this year that we talked about it that's what i was thinking okay so that was Late 2019, and then Jeweler Richard for January to March. What do we do from March to June? Uh, <laughs> it can't have been that good if I can't remember. <laughs> what did we talk about on this uh, 
uh, on this on this format. Someone in chat, you, save that us. Feeling, <laughs> that feeling when you don't remember the stuff you've covered. Um, well, we had listeners as the mainline one. Yeah. Bleh. Yeah. That was, that was what, did, what did we talk about while we were talking about listeners? Holy cow. Um, Given was last year. Listeners yeah. was Stream of Thought. Um, uh, you're going to force me to go look it up. <laughs> I... I Yesterday, there we go. Yes, yes, that was quite good. That was that was quite good until it wasn't. But well, you know. Yeah, that's one of the the ending. um, You know, like I've just realized we could we could throw, in my opinion, yesterday, uh, even decadence. uh, We can I can diagnose what's wrong with them. They all suffer from the erased Violet Evergarden syndrome, where the show ends prematurely because it just runs out of an erasive drive. Mm. We can debate that about decadence yeah. for sure. <laughs> I think that's de- yeah, totally debatable. But, but you you know like, yeah. you know that's totally a crippling condition that affects more anime than it should. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's I mean, are you yeah. suffering from Violet Evergarden erase syndrome? Do you right. suffer from a limp dick's ending, unsatisfying character resolution, and filler? If so, right. consult yeah. your doctor. Yeah, do you just it's a pacing problem, right? I mean, yep. <laughs> like, just try to cram everything into the last, uh, or or stretch things out uh, too far. Anyway, 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 I think that's probably gonna do it for yes. the pod um, and for decadence. Sorry to see you go, uh, but you know, we'll again we'll look forward to what these creators are doing next. And second stream uh, will continue. Um, so let's see. One, two, three. It'll probably, I think it'll be four more weeks before we hit this again. Um, since we've done it out of order. Um, and there'll be two more free streams of thought before we get to the next second stream. Yeah, f- final one on BNA and then the first one of whatever series we cover next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there, there may be a break between the old shows and new, but this is something that I'm bringing up for the first time ever on the air. <laughs> we may t- we'll talk about it off air. Um, that we, uh, we, I, I have something in mind that might be good to, as a, oh. as a, something to split, split the two seasons, but we'll figure it all out. We'll be still be streaming something for you all each week. Um, if you want to get everything that we do each and every week, head on over to patreon.com slash what are we dash show W A R U I D E S H O U subscribe uh, if you want everything uh it's just five bucks a month the viking experience tier um those on the three dollar tier the kind of money tier um would get this stream uh second stream uh but they would miss out on our desho the third where we talk about uh we're currently talking about uh um descending stories rakugo shinju um no we're not so talking f- about descending stories that's the second season oh well what is this one called Showa Genroku Rako Shinjo. <laughs> oh, just Showa Genroku. I thought Showa Genroku meant descending stories, but that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, blah. Uh, so anyway, we're talking about the first season of Rakugo. Um, so, and we have lots of content drops of things in between. Um, Catherine is very happy you broke your own scale. <laughs> um, I'm just going to start smashing shit up now. I'm just going to just literally start ripping all my cans off that thing like 
If we ever do a really if we ever do a really bad show, by the way, I guarantee I will do that live on air. I will literally start throwing stuff around just for fun of it. <laughs> That'd be fun to see. Um, if you are not able to uh, financially get on board, uh, totally a okay. Uh, you can still do your part to help us by heading over to Apple Podcasts and giving us not just a rating but a review. If you write in, write in the review. I see we've gotten a fair few ratings. We've gotten a fair few of the old five snake reviews. I'm sorry, ratings. But we haven't gotten people actually writing what's good about the show, which I do realize takes some effort. Um, you can just essentially say that you enjoy the shine of the lights in my living room <laughs> off my fabulous dome. Um, you could Please say don't do that. that. Talk about the You anime. could say that. You could say that. Um, you know... Uh, but if you just, you know, doing that little thing really helps us. It helps us, uh, broaden our reach and which helps us, uh, in all ways. You can follow us on Twitter as well. If you want to interact with us or, uh, you could reach us directly. Shadon, how do they get in contact with you on Twitter? Find me at Shaden1010. Uh, that's Shaden and then 1010. Don't type 1010 at the end. That account is, uh, terrible and decrepit don't go there i don't have anything to do with it <laughs> i don't even know if it actually exists and i just assume it's some sort of psychopath who pretends to be me but like is like the the shade and alter version you know if you want to call it that right <laughs> so yeah at shane sensei on twitter hit me up about anything and everything why the hell not and i am the subtle doctor on twitter um and you know you can find our stuff on you're probably what you're watching now on youtube but um we're on spotify we're on apple pods stitcher wherever you get your podcasts except soundcloud no longer on soundcloud tier pour one out for the soundcloud but everyone else everywhere else you can find us um shadon has got more final fantasy coming up final fantasy 8 uh i'll be oh, doing yes. some more some more banner of the maid um and more anime podcasts to come more polls for the patreon to decide what we're gonna do now that these shows are either over or our coverage of them is wrapping up so lots going on. Get involved. Head to the Patreon. Head to our Twitter. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming by. We sure appreciate Thank you. Uh, everything in chat and uh, appreciate your views on the VOD and such like. Um, and we would love to hear from you with any feedback that you have. Um, we've got Twitter. We have Discord for patrons. We have a, an electronic mail inbox, waterydestro at gmail.com. Uh, sound, sounds futuristic. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely the it's the way we're going. The world is trending towards email uh, as its preferred form of communication. I don't know if you knew this, but it's happening. Get ready for it. Um, My God. Yeah, I need to end the show now. So embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night. Bring back the brothers. Watch your head rock.